Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Rev, and thank you for joining us on the Black Minds Matter podcast. You're about to listen to part two of a two-part conversation we have with longtime friend and supporter of the show, Kranitra Banks. In part one, we talked about marriage, its value, the actual institution, etc. Mac and Kanitra gave us a lot of valuable information. Now we're pivoting the conversation to the family. Sit back, enjoy it, and let us know what you think. So let's talk about the black family, right? The actual, the actual family structure. And I'm going to read a crazy statistic that I found. Um, now, this is a bit dated, okay? So again, I'm going to say this is a bit dated. It's 13 years ago, okay? 13 oh. years ago. and a, But it's still a relative. Well, I mean, not not in my program, but because it's 10 years, but close enough. Just, right, just I thought roll it was with 10. Me. All right, cool. Just roll with me. Just roll with me. Okay. According to an NBC News report, Black struggle with 72% of unwed mothers rate. This thing said that 72% of black children are born out of wedlock. I believe it. That's a lot. I, but That's I believe it. But I believe it. And the reason I believe it. Okay, so no shade. We, we, we all family here. We love everybody. Mac, your wife had a child out of wedlock. Well, did she or was she married to the, to the guy? No. I'm asking. They were yeah, married. That is incorrect. They, they were married. married. Okay, it fair didn't enough. Last long, but they were married. They were married. Kanitra, you have a child. You're married to the man now, but you guys had a child before you were married. We did. We did. I would say this. I would say this. The black woman that I've that I've that I've dated in my life, and again, we talked about this last week. I've only had two girlfriends that have not been black in my life. The majority of my, the women in my life have been black. Most of them have kids, like, or you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. like they they just do. So if we think about it. A lot of our black women, and I'm not blaming women. This isn't it because, I mean, men could marry the women. I mean, clearly, like, like you know, propose, make it happen. But we are being born out of wedlock. So then when we are trying to get married, you may run into somebody like me that's like, man, I don't necessarily know if I want to marry somebody with a kid. Kanitra, I would say you lucked up because you married the man after you had a kid with him. And that's rare. Like, that doesn't happen. Like baby daddies be out, baby out. I'm gone, right? Like if we being honest, baby daddies be ghost. Cause I know a lot of them. All my, like a lot of my boys are baby daddies. So so this black family structure. Let let's get to that. And a lot of our black families, white families as well, but more of our black families are blended. Mac, even though she was married, you have a blended family. I was raised by a blended family, Mac. Your 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 family when you were growing up was blended with 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 your older sister, Kanitra. Mm -hmm. You don't have a blended family like because you married the man who had the kid, but you grew up without your biological father. So we all have this mixing and 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 blended family thing. So let's talk about that. Let's talk about black family structure. Anybody just want to jump in on what you think? I would yeah. say for me. Um, my husband and I, we we didn't know if we could. And so you would think that 
we would have had that conversation like, hey, do you want kids? You know, I want kids. We we didn't. We were just kind of going along with life. And then we kind of had that conversation where we have like a little scare, like, well, I thought it was, but I wasn't. So how would you feel about it? So we kind of had that conversation. It was like, well, you know, I would rather be more financially stable and this, this and that. And so when we did um, have a, a pregnancy, um, we ended up losing that baby. And that was like one of those dark times. And it was something that could have really drifted us apart had we not stuck with it. And then probably like five months later, we were um, actually pregnant with twins. I ended up losing oh, my, my daughter's um, twins. Jesus Christ, but, that's awful. That's yeah, awful. and so we we were elated. Like we we cried tears of joy and like we were just like, okay, yeah, it, it's meant to be. And so we had made a vow that we were going to try to not make the mistakes that we've seen others make. We were going to be there for each other. We were going to be there for our child. And because we loved each other, we were on that trajectory um, to be married. It just kind of came in that order. Like we weren't expecting to have a baby first and then be married. Like we were expecting to like be married because we were having that conversation. And then it was just like, I was like, oh. I'm going to throw, throw things off a little bit and throw this in here. But it was something else that we had to learn how to go through. We learned how to deal with loss. We learned how to come together closer. And we definitely did a whole lot of praying during that dark time. And it it changed us for the better. And it, it still changes us. And it made us a better husband and wife to each other because we had experienced that before we made those vows. And so when we made those vows, it was like, we understood till death do us part, sickness and health. Like we, we get that. And so I think for me, because I was raised in a single home, um, I have a, a great relationship with my dad now, but they, they were young. My mom was 15. My dad was 15. Like they literally have a birthday three days apart from each other. Mm. And, you know, it's just like, they both were young and life happened. And so, I ended up meeting my dad at 14 and we, we've had a great relationship um, for the last, you know, decade or so. Um, but my husband, he grew up in a two parent home and things weren't perfect in his household. But we both were like, you know what, this is what I saw working here. This is what I saw that didn't work. And then this is the great area that we don't know about that we're going to just kind of figure out. So you know, it's, it's all about, you know, how we're going to make this work for our daughter now, how we're going to show love to each other in front of our daughter so that she knows, because oddly enough, like, I haven't seen too many people, like, even in my own family that have, like, kissed each other, hugged each other, just show, like, you know, physical, you know what I'm saying? It's yeah. just like, it was just certain things. It was just like, if we're going to bring a kid into this, this messed up world, okay? Mm-hmm. How are we going to make sure that whatever we didn't have or didn't get, that they get it? And so we had so much love for each other that we knew we were going to pour into our kids when we had them. And so we were blessed to have a daughter, and she's she's running things over here, y'all. She is. I, I understand. I, I believe me, I do. And when you talk about that, I we also had our share of miscarriages, and. 
as painful as those times were, it was great to have somebody that basically I feel like we came together. We pulled together because we both hurting right now, you know, and it wasn't like we're hurting just for ourselves. I was hurting for her and she was hurting for me, knowing how much I wanted to have children. Let's be real. I'm going to put some information out here. I don't know if she wants this information out there. She didn't want no more kids. She did all this for me. She knew that I wanted children of my own. So, yeah, that's love. She sacrificed her body, her time, her years for me. So, heck, yeah, I'm going to do what I can to support her and have her back and do all the things I can. Man, when she was pregnant, baby, you need me to rub your back. You need to rub your belly, whatever you need me to do. I got your feet. Don't worry about them. They'll be massaged. You know, all that stuff. I can spend that time and give that to somebody. Can you really do that with some random chick that came in your bed the other night? No, not really, man. It ain't the same. That love, that connection, that time that we spent together, that will last forever. And we got a story to tell our children about how they got here and how, well, you know, right now the kids don't want to hear all that stuff. But when they get older. Nobody they... wants to hear that. <laughs> Oh, hey man, that? hey, 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 a family and and Tim and your parents like even though he wasn't your biological father like your there. siblings didn't didn't have a hole that they had to fill because your right. stepfather stepped up to the plate sure and I, I love that appreciated that and so it was like that's why I was so grateful for even though he was my grandfather but he was like my father figure until my father stepped back into the picture and so mm. I knew the benefits of having a male presence in the home. And I tell my husband now because, you know, this is our first child and our only child. And I tell him how important, especially with the baby girl, because I wanted a boy, y'all. I, I wanted a boy. <laughs> I knew God was going to give me a girl. But mm -hmm. I tell him, like, make sure she hears from you how beautiful she is. Make sure mm -hmm. she knows how special she is because even though I'm not putting like blame on my dad for some of the things that some of the choices I've made in my life, I've noticed some of the decisions that I've made. And I didn't really think psychologically how it affected me, especially when I was telling you guys about like turning my emotions off. It was like that hurt. And it was just like, mm, I don't feel safe. So I'm not going to, you know, and so it was just that let me walk away and I don't know if it was like a, a an attachment kind of thing, um, but it was like, let me kind of walk away before you leave me. And I don't know that, if yeah. that was, and I mean, I'm wise enough now to know that some of the things that we kind of go through as adults stem from childhood trauma. Like I, I get that. And it really took a deep conversation of me and my husband to talk about some things and some mistakes that I made. He was like, do you think that it has something to do with this? And I'm like, dang I didn't even think about that and I've yes. done the same thing for him and it's like now we know we have to do better for our daughters so I, I really think it's important I, I I really hope that we could get the especially the black families back together and staying together but I have one of my closest friends like she's she's like 
all of my friends who have kids, they're amazing women. They're amazing moms. And it's something about her. Like she has um, a great relationship with, you know, the men in her life where they all work together. Like she's married to somebody else, but her husband has a good relationship with the other dads. And it's, it's, it's something I've never seen before. And I'm like, y'all, we ain't got to hate each other. We ain't got to dislike each other. Like those kids need every single person, every single one of you, whether you are a stepdad, whether you are the biological dad, they, they need you. And it's so important. And I, I really hope that we can get back to that. And I feel like a lot of people are trying to get back to that. Um, but I, I think it's so beneficial. And, you know, I, I hope that a lot of people think about that and start being intentional with who they are having relationships with. And if they don't feel like this is somebody who it's going to go further with, whether that's marriage or long, long-term relationship, y'all really think about this kid thing. Like for real, like parent, parent, what is it? A parent, what's the, what's the place that gives out birth to trouble? Planned Parenthood. Not that I know. Not that I know. Don't they, I know. Don't they give it for free? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Like, let's let's be real. Like, be be intentional on what you're what you're doing and how you're because people don't really see like I see that other side of child welfare, but these kids are hurt. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. the trauma is so like it's not unusual to them. It's so like it's it's every day it's that ingrained in it them. is that they don't know that it's trauma that they're responding this way because of trauma and so people don't really think that like oh that didn't bother the kids uh this they didn't they didn't know what was going on they know oh man they know especially when you are in a loveless marriage and Mm -hmm. home kids pick up on that they notice it they do they do so there's so many things oh my fault so let's go ahead i stepped all over yeah i want to know just the basic I, mean, I think we all kind of understand like the the family structure and how it's beneficial in actually raising kids and the society that we're going into because I mean let's let's be honest the the black community is struggling so I just want to know like your recommendations to people like when you're looking for that person that partner that parent specifically what do you think the black family needs right now I would say recognize trauma, understand trauma, understand how it affects you. Um, I remember having a conversation with an individual in my family who did not believe in counseling, did not believe in counselors. And it's all, you just pray to God. Well, I can pray to him too, but God also created these individuals with this education that- That's it go into my situation where I could have a better understanding of me you know so I I get my spirituality from from God and I and I I I get my my mental stableness from that that counseling professional and you know I'm able to be a well-adjusted person so yes 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 Rev um but you know even though rev said jesus is a wonderful counselor well so are these counselors who went to school and got this degree right, and have mm-hmm. the knowledge that's to... the point we oh, say all the time that you know what i'm saying we don't need counseling we need i don't need, you know what? we I don't need counseling jesus. we only need jesus negro please Look, go to counseling 
Look, uh, God, what you've heard the joke about the man who was sitting on a roof waiting for somebody to send him or come to a boat yeah. and he's praying yeah. for God. Yeah. God, come save me. And he sent the boat. God, come save me and send a helicopter. And finally, God, man, I sent you all these ways off that roof. Yeah. It didn't have to be me floating you off of there. Use the things that I put in front of you. And counselors are one of them. Counselors are those boats to help you get off of that island that you think you're on. We all go through things. Go talk to somebody who can tell you that you're not the only one going through this and how to work your way out of it. Because, you know, things ain't getting easier, y'all. Have y'all yeah. paid attention to what's going on in the world? It's getting yeah. tougher each and every day. And hurt people hurt people. So, like, you, you can't be a, a better person. You can't be a better parent. I'm not saying a good parent because parents are imperfect. We're, we're people and we're imperfect. Everybody's imperfect. We're all human. But... Once you start learning those signs and those triggers and that, and I'm not saying everybody has this deep level of trauma, but either directly or indirectly, we've experienced it some kind of way, whether it's generational through slavery and the, the black family being ripped apart, yep. whether it's, you know, something recently where your parents were divorced or a parent, you know, passed away. Like we've all experienced some level of trauma indirectly or directly, but mm -hmm. being able to recognize when those things start to carry over in your relationships and how you work through those um, is really going to define, you know, whether or not things are going to change and things are going to work. So mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of my take on it. Just being able to recognize that there has to be some changes and it has to start with you and, recognizing like hey some of what i'm doing is saying might not be normal like a lot of people say if this is happening this is happening it may be you it may be you it may not right. be everybody else maybe you so mac, that's how what, i feel about it. mac what do you think the black family needs or is missing um i think we definitely need everybody to step back and stop being so within themselves and understand there are so many other people out here you can't just be all about you um I need to understand that when she brought up the whole childhood trauma, that's usually from parents not thinking that this is an individual that I'm raising here. Oh, it's a child. He don't know that we've been drinking like this. Well, now your child watched you do that because y'all play cards. Y'all always pull out that liquor and they think that's just what they are supposed to do. You are adding to this generational curse. You are continuing it. We need to stop it. We need to break it somewhere. And really it's gotta be our generation to start that. Uh, although I feel like it's starting to get too late, man, the next generation is coming up that are raising children. We need to learn to stop these generational curses early. You know that stuff that happened to you wasn't right. You know that stuff that getting beat with that darn electric cord when I was a child or a racetrack, that ain't normal. We need to stop that, y'all. Stop abusing your children. Now, you know, a little discipline, a little something here and there, I, I get it, but there's a line, yo. I mean, I, I grew up fine. You know, I'm not twitching or ticking or anything because I got beat with an extension cord. But at the same time, was that really necessary? Just because I wanted some juice in the middle of the night, did I need to get beat like that? No. Uh, no. Hey, uh, Mac, Mac working on his trauma right here on the podcast. I'm working on it. I'm working so, on it, dog. So I have a your baby's supposed to want juice. <laughs> right. Can't I want some juice? Juice. I have, a, I have a question. So when we when we talk about family, how do we define it? And the reason I say that is because I believe when most people talk about family, they're thinking about children. And I'm all for the kids because I work with kids, right? But I, I think the Black family can just include, like, if I'm married, 
isn't mm-hmm. just me and her aren't we a family the like, two together yeah are we are we not are we only a family, family once once a once a once a child comes in and, and i and i don't want to get it off that because because most people will or want to have children I, I'm, I'm not trying to make it about me i just want those who are listening who don't have children to know that you're, you're still a family and the thing that max said where it's not just about you you got to think about your mate and the thing that kiara said um sorry kanitra said about the trauma the trauma you know that people are carrying everybody's bringing their bag and their baggage Mm-hmm. into into the relationships and we and we need to be more more aware but we don't it's gonna sound crazy we're talking about the black family but we don't really have a lot because according to the data black people aren't getting married and if we are getting married we're now marrying out more than we ever have before mm-hmm. so what is what is happening to where we are beginning to maybe marry out or marry less. And that is a direct, it, that has some direct impact on the black family. And we know the family is the background, I mean, the backbone of any successful society, society right? Any yeah. successful society. So I want to, I want to turn into that. What, what do we think about like people choosing to marry out and or not getting married and its effect on the black family overall? And I'm not talking about an individual black family. I'm talking about black families in the community of blackness. Well, I think it adds to the fact that not many of us saw good examples beforehand. You know, I did struggle to see a good example of a black family holding together. You know, even ours, it was nice. It was great that they stayed together for us. But at the same time, I don't think they both were happy at the same time. Were you really staying together for us? Were you really showing a good example of what a marriage should be? Now, I did have other examples around me, but they were few and far between, y'all. Like, man, people just don't understand how to get along with each other. Y'all, you're not, you're not the main character of the whole story. Like, we all have our own parts to play in other people's lives. Understand that it's not all about you. Oh, I'm sorry. Is that news to some people? It ain't all about you. I had to say that for the people in the back. Share. Give of yourself. Understand that they live in and have their problems too. So when you're in traffic and you give me the finger, understand that I could do some things to you. Because again, it's not all about you, but I choose to show love and kindness. So in your marriage, in your relationships, understand that, yeah, you came home after a bad day at work. Maybe she did too. Dog, it ain't all about you. Figure out what's going on in her world. Talk to her before you have something going upside your head. Not saying that you know that might happen, but I do know of examples where it did. So I think what we've gotten down to, like when it comes to the bottom line, we need more black uh, therapists and counselors, marriage counselors, or whatever. Hold on to your circle because friends and other people that support your relationships are important. The importance of marriage in the Black community is actually maintaining our culture and our society and actually mm-hmm. developing these children. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Developing the um, children. The benefits of Black marriage, especially, mm-hmm. is, again, like I said, maintaining our culture um, and then just building your person. Did mm-hmm. I get that all right? Build your person. Yeah, Sounds build them good. up. Mm-hmm. No. Okay. I, I think key you're onto something because like you know how we we've talked about how integration has hurt us. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I, I'm I'm man, 
I'll get into the Super Yeah, where you going with this? Where you I don't going? care. No, where you going I don't with care. this? Get I don't care. I mean, it is what it is. You know, could integration of marriage be hurting the black community as well? Mm. It's more of a question. Don't jump down my throat. Ex- explain. Hold on, hold on. Give me some more on that. Give me some more. All right. So, so, so we we we've all agreed. Well, um, Kenitra, I don't know if you know this, but we as a Black Minds Matter podcast, typically, I'm the odd one out. I'm the one that that, that out of these two. I mean, you know, we're all family, but they tend to agree a little bit more. Especially me and Key, we typically don't agree on nothing, right? <laughs> Except we agree, we agree about segregation. Be like, nah, seg- um, desegregation. I'm sorry. We we don't necessarily think desegregation helped black people, right? Because of desegregation, we don't have as many happens. doctors, HBCUs, etc. We've become independent on white people, and now they have cut out affirmative action. So now they won't even help us in the system that they brought us into, etc. So now we're out here floundering about. And if desegregation made us less dependent on ourselves and more dependent on white on white people are integrated marriages making us less dependent and on black marriages black families and or making the community a tad weaker because we haven't insulated ourselves it's more of a question than a statement so don't jump down my throat people i would say it could be a a a couple of things it could be the fact that I mean, you hear it on social media a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, black women are difficult. Um, and it's it's perceived, which is not always the truth, that women from other races are not. And so mm-hmm. that, that might be one of the key factors. Um, also, the fact that we are not keeping our history and our culture alive and it's kind of dying, especially with this new generation coming in plays a factor into it because if you know where you come from and who you are then there's no question about what you can do that's just yeah. how I, yeah, mm-hmm. I put that on the t-shirt that was kind of good i like that but i i i, I kind of and i'll take it back to when i was working here in champagne um as a substance abuse counselor i just kind of took a left and went to went into another field and most of my clientele were young black boys and they were my heart they were my heart. And I remember at least um, two of my, two to three of my my young black guys that I was working with within a, a half of the year time span were shot and killed. Mm. And I had to go to therapy because it, it, it broke me. It broke yeah. me because it was just like, Y'all were supposed to go out here and and keep this thing going. Y'all were supposed to be better than what you were. And I remember having those conversations with them about, okay, so you did this, you did that, but what do y'all want to do? Like five years from now, 10 years from now, you know, those talks that we used to have with Dr. Cato and Upper Bound, like, what do you, what do you want to do? Like, where do you want to go? Do you want to go to college? What kind of job do you want to work? You know, because college ain't for everybody. And they would tell me like, I want to be like, what was the, the big, Drug dealer, Hispanic. What was his name? Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar. Escobar. I, was I about said, to say, what? He lived right. I said, that's what you want to do with your life. Like, don't. They were serious. If yeah, it wasn't basketball, it was. I want to be the the big time dope dealer. I want to be the rapper. And it was like, that's all. You know, that's that's all you think about. And I remember just being exposed, even just with the up with upper bound, being exposed 
to different things. I remember we had career day yes. and they took us around and to different places and we learned about different careers. I'm like, why is everybody not in other bound? Like, why do we not have this program everywhere? Like, yeah. you know, so I just think that all of that just kind of breaks down into the black family and the black society. And I'm, I'm kind of with you, Tim. Like, I, I did not know black, black Wall Street. If it wasn't for Mr. Ravier and his um, African-American history class in Upper Bound, mm -hmm. I would have known half of the history that I learned. Yeah. And yeah. it made me go and minor in it in college. And I had, um, I actually had a, a black priest who taught a history class. I had a Dr. Smooth from SIU. I don't know if she's still around. She, the first day of class, I remember her making all the individuals who did not look like us stand up. She said, why is it more of them in this class than y'all? Why are they here learning about your history? Why are you not like spilling out the doors? And I think that that plays a part and people don't really think about that plays a part into our families and us keeping that generation going. And, and I, I don't have anything about interracial dating or marriage, but I just think we as a culture, we have gotten lost, mm. you know, and, and it just kind of breaks my heart that the black family definitely has been broken down. Like I said, I was just kind of, because I knew I was coming on this podcast, looking up stats with the census bureau and just thinking about how like blacks in the 1960s, it was like the marriage rate was like 72% of African-Americans were married. And just looking at the state of Illinois, we're now at 15%. That's bad. 15%. That's, that's, that's half the national average of 30%. That's insane. Yeah, I'm like 15%. So Let me say this. I'm just like, go ahead. Let me say this. As a person who, if anybody's on on this, on out of the four of us, would marry out, it'd probably be me, right? And that's well, okay. Considering like, I'm already right. married. Yeah. yeah, yeah, well, that's what we're saying, man. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Right. So so I have to so I have to battle with that because I'm like, on the one hand, I am black on both sides, inside, out, shut up, Mac. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, you know, um darkness. <laughs> <laughs> right. I make I make midnight blush. You hear me? That's dog. right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Smile so we can see you, though. Right, right, right. <laughs> but no, no, no. Like, like if I'm being completely honest, when I'm writing papers. In school, it's always about the black slant on things. I really am. But if we come to my dating life, I'm like, look, man, I want to get the person who treats me best. And mm. if that person so happens to be of another hue, then so be it. I'm not going to bypass this person of this lighter hue just to find a black woman. Preferably, if you were to ask me if I was to build a woman, she would be black. Like, you know, build a bear, mm -hmm. you know, Mr. Potato Head style. Yeah. She I knew would, exactly what you were right, talking about. Yeah. Right, right, right. She would she would be a black woman. So I have to wrestle with my hmm. Let me let me get this out. Duty, obligation, perhaps, to plant what? my seed of spiritual sand back into the black community. And I don't think that I can't do that if I'm married out, but can that grain of spiritual can, can my spiritual seed grow as strong 
if I'm not married to a black woman? It's Hmm. a a question that I ask myself that I do not have the answer to. I don't know. So I thought similarly, not necessarily racially, but again, when I was trying to decide what I wanted to do with my life, I had to sit back and look at my duty as a black woman. And I, it's funny, I don't know why I thought this way as a teenager, but I had to look around at all of the people that I did see that were having children. And I, I said to myself, there are a lot of ignorant people having children and I need to do my part to put as many influential, educated people back into society. Yeah. And that was one of the main reasons that I felt like I needed to have kids, um, especially can, with a black person. Can, can I ask you a question? about the duty sure. you feel like as black people do we have a duty do we have a duty to the black community i don't sadly, know sadly yes i don't feel like we should have that kind of pressure but yeah man we're dying off i don't know if y'all paying attention but our numbers are dwindling i know we're growing overall but as a as a percentage they taking us out joe y'all better pay attention and we need to make sure we put in the right people in here oh i'm gonna take it back to this movie y'all seen idiocracy right Remember all the smart people were struggling to have children and all the dumb people were having them over and over. Plus, yeah, and real. before you know it, that's the society is all the dumb people who had kids and they're having kids. They're having kids. They're stupid as dirt. I mean, but baby you know, had three of them, didn't she? Yeah, she did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, she did. Well, in, in that show, she did. We don't know what happened after that. You know, she could have right, more. But, but anyway. Key, what do you, Key, what do you think about the duty? Like, cause, cause me and you both said it. But I battle. Do I even have a duty? So, so talk about the duty that you had to the to the black community with a black family. I do. I do think. Um, I I think I have a duty. Um, to have children. I do think my duty is supposed to be to have children in in marriage. Um, because I did grow up in the family. I understand the way that the family structure, you know, can benefit or harm a child. So, like, I feel like I have all of this information. I have to use it. I have to pass it down. I have to benefit the next generation as a black person because like um we talk about it all the time where our ancestors wildest dreams. So I, I have to do something with this. Um, so I, I do, I do feel like I have that duty and I think I should be doing it within the black community because I can see where we're struggling and I feel like I can do my part. I, you know, like what did the pimps? I, I don't know what we about to do. We about to go out here and take over all of Georgia, but I'm gonna do my part. Like, that's just what we're going to do. He needs some land immediately. <laughs> so, so, uh, can, can you, do you have any final remarks about anything we talked about here today? Uh, that you, did you want to address before we close? Um, I, I really appreciate you guys, um, having me on here just to have this conversation. Uh, I really, you know, miss all of you all. And, you know, like I said, we, we've been knowing each other going back 20 plus years probably, but I appreciate mm-hmm. the fact that we're able to, you know, have these um, intellectual debates and conversations about some really serious things going on, you know, in our lives and our community. You know, I, I just hope that whatever people choose to do, that they do what's best for them. Um, you know, if you're spiritual, if you're not spiritual, you know, whatever, higher being or higher power you pray to i just feel like people should be the best versions of themselves and however and whomever you can be that with then make that happen um and i know we kind of ended up talking about the duties 
which I feel like that's a whole nother topic, which I would love to come back and talk about that. But I just feel like it's, it's, it's really up to us to just make sure that we don't forget about us. We don't forget about our past. So whoever you choose to be with, whether they are same race, different race, ethnicity, whatever, you know, make sure we don't kind of die off and our history is still out there. We're still known. We're still known to be the great people who we were and still are. So mm-hmm. I just, you know, I just say do everything in love. And if you do it that way, you won't go wrong. Go ahead, Mac. No doubt. Yeah, man. I mean, I feel like, yes, we do have an obligation to each other. We do have an obligation to keep pushing forward, man. Don't let it stop with us. Don't let it stop with the people before us who gave us the information. It wasn't given to you just for you to hold it. It was given for you to continue it, to pass it down. So all those people who went through programs like the Upper Bound uh, College Prep Academy, look, that wasn't just for you. Take all that information. Even if you wasn't really paying attention, I know something soaked in. Take that and pass it down. Um, For all those who are going through different situations and traumas and problems and issues, talk about it. Go find somebody to talk about it too because we don't want that trauma to be a generational curse that you pass on. Go make yourselves better. Go grow. Go get healthy. That's what that really is. You need to go get healthy. Um, all those people that are dealing with toxic situations and relationships, run, homie. Sis, get up out of that. That ain't for you. For real. All right? You need to change and make better because that ain't who we want to be. That ain't who you're supposed to be representing. Um, overall, people, I, I hope you find the love that you're looking for, whether it's with another person or whether it's just with yourself. I'm not telling you how to live your life and I don't want you pushing your life on me. So you do your thing, do what you do, but at the same time, I understand you doing it and you're being an example for the next people coming up. So what kind of example do you want to set? Who do you really want to be? How do you want to be known once you're gone? Hey man, I'm, I'm, I don't want to get too deep on that, but Hey, this was a great conversation. As we usually do, we're going to leave y'all and let you know, Hey, go check us out at the Nile.est1981 at Gmail. Hit us up with your, your comments, your questions, uh, preferably your positive ones, your negative ones. We'll read them, but you know, we may not do anything about that. I ain't going to pass on negativity, but uh, anyway, um, go ahead and find us on Instagram. You know where it's at. You know where to find us on YouTube. Come find us. And uh, yeah, we're going to leave y'all as we usually do. Peace. Love. We out. Yep, you hear the music. That means you just completed another chapter of the Black Minds Matter podcast. Please subscribe, rate, review, and download wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Also, you can find us on YouTube. Just search The Nile. That's the N dot I dot L dot E dot, and you will find us straight away. Also, connect with us on IG at the Nile dot EST 1981 and on Gmail at the Nile dot EST 1981 at gmail.com. Check us out, and we appreciate you all. Peace.